This is Golf Talk Canada, Canada's only national golf talk radio and TV program. Presented by TaylorMade and the all-new Stealth Driver with a red carbon face for better energy transfer and more ball speed. Welcome to the Carbon Age. Now, here are your hosts, Mark Sacchino, Bob Weeks, and Adam Scully. And good morning. Welcome to Golf Talk Canada. Gang is all here. Zacchino, Weeks, Scully. Gentlemen, how was your long weekend? Did you enjoy Canada Day? And, and, and I hope everyone had a great Canada Day who's listening this morning. And anyone who's listening to us on online at tsn.ca or iHeartRadio, it might be south of the border. Happy 4th of July to all of our friends south of the border. Bob, did, you, did we get any golf in this weekend? We did. We got a little golf on Friday and Saturday. Uh, took Sunday off to uh, do some other stuff, but beautiful and weather-wise. And uh, can't ask for a better candidate. They saw some fireworks. That was everything you expect it to be. Great. Wonderful. And how was the golf game? Uh, now that I've got the stealth driver working and the irons working, I'm having a little trouble with the putter. So we're... we're that's, that's how it's supposed to go. Right? Yes, it's exactly. Supposed- <laughs> that's the re- resetting the equilibrium of the universe. You know, you can't have everything yeah. working at the same time. So uh, I, I we'll figure something that out. That, I did something I haven't done in... Uh, the last time I did it, I wasn't in this country. I was on a golf holiday. I played three days in a row this week. I played wow. Thursday, Friday. No, did I play Thursday, Friday, Saturday? Those, yes, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, three days in a row. I got to Goodwood, which is uh, just a Very wonderful nice. place. Yeah, at Cedar Bright, which I've always loved, and then Toronto Hunt. So three days in a row. And got progressively worse as uh, as the rounds went on. <laughs> so, <laughs> Oops, works backwards for me. Scully, how was your long weekend? And what? And did uh, did we get any golf in? Yeah, I also played three straight days, which is why the lower my back is. I'm feeling about 98 years old today, which is fine. Uh, but no, played some good golf. I'm the opposite of Bob right now. The putter is really working for me, but tee to green. I saw more members on other fairways this weekend. Got to have a hit and giggle. Hey, yeah, I'm just going this way, actually. Yeah, I'm going to this green, not over to this green. So, you know, missed some fairways, 30, 40 yards right and stuff. But uh, but it was fun to get out there. Great weekend, great long weekend. Baby Country Club's in great shape right now. I have to say. Now, now, we've got a lot to get to today, and we're not going to run it today on radio, but we're going to run it this week on TV we did a little segment last week uh, with Ralph Bauer, uh, short game guru, uh, PGA Tour coach, with his putting app. But you also got a putting lesson that day at the Toronto Hunt. We changed your eye position. Ralph immediately went, whoa, 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 Scully, you are way too over top the golf ball. We backed you off. You said the putter was working. Did you take that from the green, what we were working on at the green, and bring it to the golf course successfully? I mean, history might suggest Wednesday, June 29th is the day my life changed forever on the putting green. <laughs> I mean, I feel like a new man out there. Uh, Ralph was very kind to uh, give me a lesson, change the way, change my eye line, change the way I stand over the ball. A lot of changes involved here. Gave me a putting mirror, so I dialed that in before each of my three rounds. Was, I've never felt more confident inside five to ten feet in my life. Now, if, if Ralph, if you're listening, if you could fix the rest of my game, that'd be awesome. But uh, no, it's, it's a great app. And yes, Mark, like he mentioned, that segment will be on our TV show this week where you learn all about the, the Tour Read golf putting app and learning how to read greens because a lot of the top players in the world are now using this app. 
I couldn't believe, Bob, some of the numbers we got from Ralph. It's going to be a really interesting segment. Uh, PGA Tour players, on average, underread their putts by 30 to 40%, they've discovered, after using this app. And you think these are the best players in the world. Unbelievable. Uh, we got a ton to get to uh, today. Uh, we've been talking about the stack system for weeks. And I finally connected uh, with Dr. Sasha McKenzie, uh, who is the uh, inventor and co-founder of the Stack System, and we took a, a very deep dive into this speed training system. So if you are listening to us today and you are thinking about, mm, I'd like to get longer, I'd like to find more speed, more strength, hit my driver longer, maybe an iron deeper, etc., you're not going to want to miss this interview. It's a three-parter. It's a big interview, but if you're into this and it interests you, you're not going to want to miss it. Brian Carlson, uh, the latest winner, uh, Prince Edward Island Open, a PGA Tour Canada. He's going to join us live at the bottom of the hour. Uh, winners, we're in what? Leaderboard updates from the world of golf. History made on the European DP World Tour. The first ever Polish champion ever in the tour's history from this weekend. So much to get to. Uh, let's start with some news and headlines. News and headlines are brought to you by Sandbagger Hard Seltzer. Sandbagger. Everybody knows one. Bob, when we were shooting TV last week, we knew that there was an announcement or some type of joint press conference or statement coming from the DP World Tour and the PGA Tour. At the same time, we were thinking, you know, what could this mean? Uh, has the PGA Tour taken a bigger stake across the pond? What's going on here? That seems to be the case. Uh, stronger alliance, direct pathways, higher purses, more investment from the PGA Tour, the DP World Tour. It's a 13-year uh, deeper extension to the current uh, alignment. But to me, this just speaks to that, okay, they've made a decide, they've made a decision, they're doing this together, and it's only going to get more intertwined, I think, as these seasons go on. Uh, yeah, and I think uh, it's, it's, um, it's an interesting decision to be made, obviously. I think at certain points, there were people and rumors saying that maybe the live group was going to try and buy out the dp world tour and obviously that's not the case now and that's uh i think that's a good thing it's uh it's sort of strength in numbers right now it does sort of almost in some respects seem to me to uh to kind of portray the dp world tour is now a i don't want to say secondary tour but certainly now they're giving away 10 cards the top 10 finishers on the dp world tour will get uh, PGA Tour status for the following year. So there is some sort of a, a thought that this is maybe a bit of a feeder system, but I mean, it's indirectly, it's been that way anyway. You look at all the guys who've come over from from the Europe to play in North America, so it's kind of formalizing that. But um, I think for both these circuits, it's it's a strength in numbers kind of idea, and this is the only way if they're going to combat and, and take on live, this is the only really way they can do it. Yeah, and, and Adam, to Bob's point about feeder system, etc., at the end of the day, the top players come over regardless, but they still got to play the tour minimum because they need to remain a, a tour member in order to play Ryder Cup. And at the end of the day, that's what all the top players in Europe want to be a part of. They want to be a part of Ryder Cup. And if you're not, if you don't play the minimum and keep your DP World Tour card, you keep your membership on that tour, you can't represent Europe. 
Well, and now there's going to be so many more openings on Team Europe because a lot of them have gone over to play and live as of right now. So all these players will have more opportunities to climb up the, the European Ryder Cup rankings if the rules do stay the same once the Ryder Cup comes around in 2023. So, uh, but I, I do, the point about feeder systems is a good one too. You even think of, you know, obviously Brooks Kepka has now gone to live, but he started on the European tour. He, he decided to travel Europe and then come play on the PGA Tour in the United States, taking a bit of a different route. So maybe we'll see more players do the same sort of thing. Well, as we uh, have this show right now, we are just starting to get some word officially that Patrick Reed is no longer part of the Scottish Open. And uh, as of earlier this morning, we were all still wondering because of the wording in the DP World Tour release several weeks ago was players who participated in the opening Live Series event in London would be suspended from the Irish Open, uh, sorry, Scottish Open, Barracuda, the joint events with the PGA Tour, the co-sanctioned events, and then a list of fines. Now we're starting to find out, you know, okay, what happens to the players that participated in the second Live Series? Patrick Reed was up, up until moments ago, appeared to still be in this field. He will not be in the field, uh, Bob. And I also, Bob, did you get that uh, document or see that document about fines potentially doubling? In other words, you were fined 100,000 euro for your participation in London. If you play London and you play Portland, that then goes to 200,000. If you then continue to play 400,000, continue to play 800,000, continue to play 1.6 million. Uh, there has been a document floating like that. I don't know if there's what the validity to that is. There's still a lot of secret society. I know Keith Pelly pushed back a little bit at the media this week saying, you know, um, suggesting that maybe some reports and whatnot were irresponsible and this or that. And some of the media pushed back saying, hey, you got to talk more. We need to hear from you more. And we need to hear these statements in those these positions early uh, kind of quasi Jay Monahan gets out in front of it and says, this is the stance, da-da-da. What have you heard? And do you agree with that, that maybe Keith's got to be a little bit more, I would say, proactive on on, on their tour's position? Uh, well, first of all, let's still go back and cover a couple things you said there. The wording the wording on the, on the Patrick Reed situation is very interesting. It said yes. he has been withdrawn. Not that he has yes. withdrawn. He has been withdrawn, so he's been punted out. <laughs> secondly, secondly, in terms of the fines, I mean, I don't think realistically Keith Pelly ever expects to see a dollar of these fines. These guys are just not going to pay it. There's, you know, there's no way they're going to pay that unless maybe three years from now they want to come back and play. Uh, if it does jump up a little bit, I think that could be, um, you know, if it does, it certainly looks good anyway that they're, they're taking it seriously with these fines. The other side, though, I think both commissioners have been well too far too late with 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 speaking. I mean, you know, we didn't hear anything from Jay Monahan until uh, the Canadian Open, which was really I think he should have been more active earlier on uh, if he levied the threats of what was going to happen. You know, banned from the tour, uh, suspended from the tour, all those kind of things. It might have stopped a few. We'll see. I don't know. Perhaps, but um, but certainly. But certainly they've got to be they've got to be up front. They've got to be more forward. They've got to let their positions be known, and they've got to be strong. Uh, if for no other reason than to kind of put at ease the rest of the players who are not going on there, the players who are remaining with the PGA Tour and with the DP World Tour. So um, certainly Keith Pelly was a little quieter at first and and let a lot of rumors start as a result. 
but I think both of them could have been a little bit more outspoken. Do you think any of it has to do with, okay, now we're uh, hearing that there's going to be legal action from the European tour players that have been banned from the DP World Tour. Do you think any of this, guys, has something to do with, because the one thing Jay Monaghan kept repeating, or it seemed to be fairly consistent, was until the first ball is struck in London. Um, that seemed to be something they hung their hat on that, you know, no one's in bad standing with the tour. No one's suspended. There is no bans. There is no fines. There is no penalty until a ball is struck. And then all of a sudden a golf ball was hit week of the RBC. And to Bob's point, that's when everything kind of came from there. I'm with Bob, Adam. I wish they got ahead and even earlier. Maybe this is something we make, like from my standpoint, I'm saying maybe I just don't understand this from a, a legality standpoint that maybe they're just protecting themselves legally here and are, are waiting for balls to always be struck before something is said. I think that horse has now left the barn, Scully. Like, why not just, hey, this is what the, if you continue to do this, this is where this is going. Yeah, that would make a lot of sense. And even, you know, going back to that week of the RBC Canadian Open, there were rumors that, that Jay Monahan was in the Toronto area from Tuesday onwards and that Fred Ridley was in the Augusta uh, in the in the Toronto area from uh, in, in earlier in the week. And then I remember the three of us were standing together because we were about to go live on one, on one of our shows. And that's when the hammer was dropped. And that's when the suspensions came down. And you would have liked to hear, you know, Rory McIlroy spoke that Wednesday of the RBC Canadian Open. Scotty Scheffler, Justin Thomas, they were all speaking about the leadership on the PGA Tour and, and wanting to stay and, and being loyal on the PGA Tour. You would have loved to hear Jay Monahan speak earlier. And I know people especially in the Twitter world, the Twitter world, we know how you know, people can be on, on that site, but they were, they were pretty hard on Jay Monahan that he hadn't spoke earlier. So I, I'm with you guys, and I think something should be, you know, maybe put in cement, set in stone, and say, hey, if you go now, this is, here's your suspension, and maybe get, a, get ahead of the battle here. Uh, Fred Couples, who used to be very close with Phil Mickelson, play a lot of golf together. He, he was uh, part of a celebrity event this week. They put a microphone in his face. He said, doesn't think he'll speak to Phil Mickelson ever again. Uh, doesn't think they'll ever play golf again and thinks that if uh, in his day, if he had taken the money, that his family would never speak to him again. That was just uh, something interesting comments there. Small protest in, uh, uh, in Portland as well from uh, victims' families from 9-11 protesting the, uh, the playing of the Portland Live event uh, this week. Um, in better news, I won't say better news, but in, in more of a celebratory news, uh, Lori Kane. Uh, Bob, I know you were up uh, in Ottawa. Uh, Lori Kane announced that this uh, upcoming uh, CP Wims Open will be her, her final Open, her 30th. What a great ambassador for the sport. I know that as soon as the news broke, just a, 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 just a floodgate of people, you know, congratulating Lori and saying great things about Lori Kane came from everywhere. She was she went out on Twitter saying she was overwhelmed that she didn't think that, you know, she was just, just kind of, hey, this is my last one and didn't really expect all the love that came back her way. But uh, pretty cool. Uh, glad that uh, glad that she felt the love from the Canadian golf community. What was it like up there in Ottawa? Uh, it was very good. Very, you know, I think a lot of people were very, um, I don't know, celebratory of her achievements, and uh, she did um, she did make it clear that she's not retiring. She's just not playing, going to play this tournament anymore. There's a there's you know there's some big uh, PGA in the US GA have senior women's championships that she's going to. Con- continue to play there is a bit of sad news to report this morning though and that that's last night um Lori's father Jack Kane who was a big was very instrumental in in the uh 
promotion of golf on PEI. He passed away after a, a, a bout with an illness. And so some sad news there for, for Lori and her family, and we wish them all the best. And uh, Jack, I spent a lot of time with Jack Kane, and he was uh, just an amazing guy with a razor-sharp uh, sense of humor and, uh, and a, lot of, a lot of good golf shots in that, uh, from him as well. So good fun. Uh, sad day, but uh, uh, for Lori, it's uh, I guess a little bit of uh, a little bit of everything for her. The emotionally, right now, I'm sure she's going through a lot of it. Wow, that's tough. I missed that. I didn't. I didn't see that, and I never never had the opportunity to meet him. Uh, but our condolences to Lori and the entire family. It's uh, never easy. Uh, on the other side, something that pa- apparently is easy for the Golf Talk Canada team. Picking winners in our TSN Edge picks. We got another one this week. And not only did we get a winner, Scully. I mean, we had bodies all over this leaderboard with a chance to win in a very difficult field to figure out. The John Deere Classic, JT Poston gets it done at 21 under. We'll talk John Deere and hear from Poston next. This is Golf Talk Canada. This segment of GTC was presented by TaylorMade. TaylorMade. And the all-new Stealth Driver, with a red carbon face for better energy transfer and more ball speed. Welcome to the Carbon Age. This is Golf Talk Canada, presented by TaylorMade. This segment of GTC is brought to you by Caddy Time, the Uber-like app that allows golfers across Canada to find affordable, qualified caddies to any round. Visit caddytime.com. Download the app or talk to your PGA professional today. JT Poston, a winner at the John Deere Classic, 21 under par, 62, 65, 67, 69. It is a three-shot win over Christian Bezatenhut and Emiliano Grillo at 18 under par. Scott Stallings, Christopher Goderup at 17 under par. As well, just a few off the pace. Denny McCarthy at 16 under par, five off the pace. Scully, you had uh, Denny McCarthy this week. You had Scott Stallings this week. I also had Scott Stallings this week. Uh, JT Post and I had. Guys, I just went into this this week with like, hey, I can't break down this field. Like, I really don't have a feel for this. Who's playing hot? And Post and shot 62 the previous week at TPC uh, River Highlands. So I said, why not? Uh, you know, obviously he's obviously he's putting it in the hole. So why not two weeks in a row? And we pulled ourselves a winner. Before we get into it, uh, let's hear from our latest winner on the uh, PGA Tour, uh, JT Poston. I've worked my ass off. Um, my swing coach, I owe him a lot of credit. He's helped me out a ton. I've got a great support system back home. And uh, without them, then. I don't know. It's it's hard out here, you know. <laughs> um, I've had so much support from home, uh, from Kelly, and from Flaner, and um, you just never know if you're going to do it again. And to to knock it out this week is awesome. Very emotional. You can hear there, Bob, like putting in the work, getting it done. Uh, well done to him. The emotion in, in his voice there. And also a nice week for Michael Glickick, we should, uh, we should highlight as well. 14 under par for Michael. Uh, a much-needed nice move in the FedEx Cup for Michael. Uh, great performance by Mike Glickick. And it comes at an emotional time for him uh, during the Canadian Open. One of his uh, previous coaches passed away suddenly. 
and uh, he had to withdraw from the Canadian Open. Just the emotions were too much. And uh, now he's come back and he's playing well. It's a great top 10. He's um, moved up, I think, like 50 or 60 spots or something in the uh, world ranking as well as the FedEx Cup. So uh, good performance by Mike. He's a good guy. Another guy, by the way, who, uh, who thrives on his short game. He works with Gareth Rafluski and, uh, and, and gets that done. But uh, JT Poston is a good story. You know, we talked about the start of the week how there weren't a lot of big names in this tournament. But when you hear the stories of these guys, when you listen to the emotion in their voices afterwards, you know, they're, they're great players. Uh, and maybe they're not quite as, as high profile as some of the guys we, we think of week in and week out. Uh, but every one of these guys has toiled. And now look, look what he gets. He gets, the, uh, he gets the spot in the Masters and he gets a uh, spot in the Open Championship as well. So good for JT Poston. And it's funny, Bob, you, you hit on something there. Because, you know, while this tournament was going on, you know, Twitter, it's its own universe. It's its own world. And some of the live supporters, for lack of a better term, were suggesting, oh, look at how much better the field is in Portland than the field in, uh, in Silvis, Illinois. And I said, well, to me, Adam, better was not the word. To me, the field in Portland was more recognizable Certainly, but I don't like Mickelson's chances of like putting like if you if you see some of the quality of the golf that the names the recognizable names are playing these look like guys with all due respect they look like guys that have not been practicing that have not been grinding that have not been competing and don't have a lot of interest in competing and the check is cleared already it looks like a high profile exhibition for the majority of the field. And when Pat Perez, what, shot 80 this week and took home 750 grand or something stupid like that for shooting 80, I mean, to me, the the the, the field in Silvis was a much, in terms of quality of golf, way, way better. Totally. And so out of curiosity, I, I did watch about an hour or so of the live coverage on both Thursday and Friday, and it was awful. It, it was the, the quality of golf was awful. Sure, there were good shots, but then you'd see these like real like these basic up and down shots that guys were getting nowhere near close to the hole or just chili dipping shots, really. So the quality of play certainly isn't good. But getting back to the John Deere what was cool too, and you're mentioning you guys there about the opportunities. It was the tournament within the tournament. You know, the qualifiers for the 150th Open. Yes. You saw, you saw Christian Bezadenhout, you know, holding that open flag after when he qualified. You saw Scott Stallings leaving a birdie putt short from 25 feet on 18. A putt would have clinched his spot in the open as well. Obviously, JT Poston got in too. So the tournament within the tournament was awesome. And speaking of tournament within the tournament, at some point this PGA Tour season, there's going to be a playoff, and each of us will have a TSN Edge pick in that <laughs> playoff. That's my dream scenario, and then we just battle it out and then duke it out the next day on radio. What do you guys think? Living vicariously through our TSN Edge selections. Yeah. <laughs> Listen, by, well, you, guys, you two guys can gloat. My, my picks were horrendous. I had two guys. My first two missed the cut, and my last guy finished tied for 24th. So it wasn't my best I, week. It's like my putting. I feel a big Europe, uh, big European week coming for you, Bob. Though with Scottish <laughs> Open, Open Championship, I, I feel a big European uh, doubleheader coming up for you. Uh, speaking of big weeks, uh, and speaking of great competition, uh, PGA Tour Canada, Prince Edward Island Open uh, happened. Brian Carlson, your latest winner, now vaulting into that all important top five on the Fortinet Cup. Brian will join us on the other side. The latest winner on PGA Tour Canada. This 
is Golf Talk Canada. This segment of GTC presented by TaylorMade was brought to you by Caddy Time, the Uber-like app that allows golfers across Canada to add affordable, qualified caddies to any round. Visit caddytime.com. Download the app or talk to your PGA professional today. This is Golf Talk Canada, presented by TaylorMade. This segment of GTC is brought to you by WeatherTech Canada, Canada's leader in automotive accessories. Welcome back to Golf Talk Canada, PG Tour Canada was on the East Coast, Prince Edward Island Open, presented by IMP Solutions. It wrapped up yesterday. A wonderful championship. Glad they were able to uh, have a good, successful week after the uh, disappointment the previous week in Saskatchewan due to the heavy rains and unplayable conditions. Uh, not the case this time around. We've got uh, a new winner, the uh, most recent champion, and also with this win, vaulting to the top of the Fortnite Cup points list, now holding that number one position. Brian Carlson joins us now. Brian, thanks so much for taking the time to do this with us on Golf Talk Canada. Congratulations on your victory. Let's start there. Hey, winning's one thing. Winning breeds confidence. But winning by one and having to birdie two of your last three to get it done with a Sunday 65 must really give you a bolt of confidence. How great you feeling this morning? Yeah, I feel pretty. I feel, I feel pretty great. Me and my dad are driving down to Portland, Maine, right now. And we just are filled with a bunch of smiles, and uh, just the work paid off. <laughs> so it feels it feels fantastic. Kind of, yep. kind of was doubting, doubting if I was going to win there for a second, and it happened. So I'm I'm really glad. Now, are you driving down to Maine because you don't want to have your go- lose your golf clubs in a in a plane, or is no, this no, a plan? No, no, yeah, right. All those all those, all those delays that, that have been happening. No, actually, a bunch of my buddies have been getting, getting kind of screwed, um, trying to get back home for the break, <laughs> and they're kind of all out of whack. Some guys driving to Portland, some guys doing this and that, so it's crazy. But yeah, we're just driving to see my sister on the Fourth of July, so it should be a good time. Uh, now you you've come close to winning on on PGA Tour Canada before back in 2019. I know you you came close out in the West Coast. And now you've got it done on the East Coast. What's it been like to sort of go through this period of uh, with COVID, with a Canadian tour, PGA Tour Canada pausing or only allowing Canadian players and playing on the Forum Tour? And has it been tough to kind of keep your game consistent with all the ups and downs in different places to go? Yeah, it's been kind. Of, it's been kind of grindy. Um, so I, I caddy in the winter. So I play. I play pretty much uh, until I get to like the Corn Ferry Tour. But I've I've been playing Canadian Tour in the summer and then uh, caddying in the winter to to fulfill, to fulfill those financial needs. But yeah, it's it's pretty grindy, especially with with the COVID. How it hit our um, how it kind of limited our ability to travel and gave us less opportunities. It definitely took a, a dent in the timeline in my personal timeline of trying to find my way through this delegation system but um yeah i mean the form tour and the local iq is a good way to just keep your game intact um and just stay gritty um and wait for those opportunities to come you mentioned opportunities to come and and you seize that opportunity on sunday with eight birdies en route to the victory at the pei open Uh, tell us about your round and what, what was going well for you throughout the day yeah, so I mean, it, it was a great weekend. I played, I played pretty, pretty darn solid. Um, I'd say um, a few strengths where early on in the round, I made a 
couple really good up and downs uh, on par fives. Uh, the second hole was a nice 60-yarder to a false-fronted pin. Um, I made a good birdie there. Hit a sick flop shot on four for birdie. Um, I three-putted eight, which which is kind of crazy. I, or, sorry, I three-putted from eight feet on hole five <laughs> uh, to get me back to one under, and then I followed it up with a birdie. And um, I kind of just stayed in the present, honestly, and I played it and just hit a lot of close shots and, and, and made the putts I needed to that were inside of 10, 10 feet. Um, but the last three holes for me were insane. Like, I I hit, I hit on 16, I hit an insane flop shot, um, and I had about – I don't know, maybe a foot window where it would have landed soft and was able to stop on that tier for me to have, like, a putt inside of five feet, and it happened. And then the next hole, 17, it's like a downhill, down 15 or so um, to a front right pin, and if you miss, like, five or six yards left of the pin on the green, it's like becomes a really tough two-putt. So it was a pretty tough hole, and I was like, all right, just trust trust yourself and uh, – Hit a smooth seven, a couple like a yard or two left of it, and, and feed the slope right in there, and it did, and I hit it to like an inch. So I wasn't expecting that in there, and I was pretty pleased with that. And then 18, I think, was my best hole out of those three because I blocked I blocked my tee ball in the water, um, and so the the announcers were um, announcing the the names of the players that were walking up to the green in the group ahead of us as I was hitting and and I should have backed away, but I was like, screw it. Um, it's not bothering me, but apparently it did. And I hit it right in the, in the water. And so I was talking to my dad for about five minutes, whether I should lay that, uh, shot next shot up or, or, uh, or go for it. And, and I kind of had a weird lie with, with trying to go for it. Cause I kind of had to hit it high. Um, and it was not, uphill uphill shot i was like i'm just gonna hit six iron to 60 yards and do what i did on hole two and i did exactly that and, and curled in a nice like six footer with like two two cups of break in it so it felt felt really good that my uh the process worked this week um it just feels great uh with brian carlson the latest winner on pga tour uh, canada brian um is it surprising sometimes how fine the line is? You were T45 in Edmonton. You were T21, I believe, uh, out in Victoria to open the season. But yet, here we are, <clears throat> excuse me, chatting about your week in Prince Edward Island. And, the, and in your mind, it comes down to a couple of putts and a couple of chips. Yeah. And that's the difference between walking away as a winner and walking away with just another solid week. Yes, sir. Exactly that. You got to stay gritty. Got to stay. It sounds cliche, but got to stay in the present moment. Can't think too far ahead. One shot at a time, and see what happens. What's the goal now, Brian? Now that you've got this win, you're talking about how you were caddying in the winter, but now is this uh, give you the confidence to hopefully get onto the Corn Ferry Tour to go through? Yeah. I mean, you've you've been sort of grinding, as yeah, you said, exactly. you've been gritty for the last few years. Yeah, I've been I've been grinding trying to keep my uh professional career um intact and uh it feels good because it's going to open up some win- uh, some doors of opportunity for a whole uh for a lot of different things um on and off the golf course. Um but yeah, my main goal is to is to make Corn Ferry next year and play um all the events. So, I think it's a, a good first step closer to that goal. Um, for sure. So, yeah, I'm, I'm very, very pleased um, with this with this dub. 
Well, Brian, one of the great things about PGA Tour Canada is for us Canadians is you get to see, uh, you know, different parts of the country, get to experience, you know, the, the lifestyle, that sort of thing. Was this your first time in PEI? And, and what did you think of PEI in general? Do you have some good food? Yeah. I mean, I thought it was incredible. Like my dad, I was like, you should retire here, dad. This place is fantastic. <laughs> um, the sea, I mean, we had uh, oysters, fresh oysters, like pretty much every single day of the tournament, it was, uh, I think it was Atlantic Farms. I, I don't get me, don't call me for that, but I don't know. I forget the, gosh, I should know that, but it was, it was a, it was a seafood company and it was absolutely fire. Um, just every day, so many oysters you can eat and, uh, fresh seafood. Um, yeah, the island is amazing. The people are so nice. Um, the resort, the golf, everything, like the whole vibe and atmosphere was great on the island. I loved it. So, yeah. You know, in Prince Edward Island, we eat, Prince Edward Island, we eat oysters for breakfast mostly. That's, that's <laughs> instead, of, yeah, instead of Fruit Loops. Yeah, I figured. Oysters and mussels, probably. <laughs> Brian, congratulations. Safe travels. Good luck the rest of the way. Maybe we do this again this year with a second win. And yeah, happy hopefully. 4th of July to you, your father, yeah. and your sister, and the rest of your family. Safe travels out there. I appreciate that. Thank you. Take care, Brian Carlson, most recent winner on PGA Tour Canada, winning out in Prince Edward Island. On the other side, we're going to get to my deep dive with Sasha McKenzie, who is the inventor of the stack system. If you're thinking about, hmm, how do I get longer? How do I get my swing speed up? I'd like to hit it further. I'd like to find a par five in two, maybe, on occasion. You're not going to want to miss our interview uh, with Dr. Sasha McKenzie. We'll start it next, part one of three parts on the other side. This is Golf Talk Canada. This segment of GTC presented by TaylorMade was brought to you by WeatherTech Canada, Canada's leader in automotive accessories. This is Golf Talk Canada presented by TaylorMade. This segment of GTC is brought to you by Play Golf Myrtle Beach. No destination in the world can match Myrtle Beach's volume of golf, quality, and value. Come discover why Myrtle Beach is the golf capital of the world. All right, I've been talking about it now for a few months and suggesting that I wanted to get a little longer. I was feeling old, I was feeling slow, and wanted to get some of my swing speed back. And obviously, I'm not a big gym guy, as you guys are aware. I'm not the, the kind of guy to go lift weights or da-da-da-da-da. But everywhere I kind of turned, I bumped into this stack system. You know, our friend Ian Frazier from TXG, stack system ambassador. A few, few of the, you know, the guys from PGA Tour radio or whatnot, or like Mark Immelman, for, for example, yeah, bump into this stack system. So I started to do a deep dive decided to reach out to Sasha McKenzie about eight weeks ago and go, you know, hey, you know, blah, blah, blah. Do you think this would be something that might work for me? Well, Adam, we got the play on Team Canada Day at Weston a few weeks ago. Uh, Bob was at that event as well. Neither one of us played well that day. <laughs> but you were a little surprised with the pop in my bat. You, you could see it with your own eyes that... I was hitting it uh, significantly further than the previous year. I think the best way to describe it, Mark, was I did a couple double takes 
Like, I wanted to make sure I was actually playing with you and it wasn't some other guy who had joined our group. Like, but it was like, oh my, like, you, you're bombing it out there. Come on. It was great. So, no, it was awesome I, to yeah, see. Yeah, so it was great to see. I, 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 it, it's certainly helping. And I'm just kind of happy with the system and, and wanted to tell people about it because if you're willing to put the work in, like anything else, like when Bob's training for a marathon or when Scully, you're in the gym, like literally all joking aside, like if, you, if you're willing to put the work in, and follow the program, there is actual results at the other end, which is super cool. Uh, I had the opportunity to speak with uh, Sasha McKenzie about the product, where it started. Um, I mean, it is very, uh, it's very smart. It's very, uh, it, it is very, I don't want to use the term AI, but it almost in a way is thinking along with you and building a program to make you quicker, stronger, faster. It's a three-parter. Let's uh, get to it right now. Uh, part one of my conversation with uh, Dr. Sasha McKenzie. All right. I can't be uh, more excited to have our next uh, guest with us. If you've been listening to Golf Talk Canada over the last few months, uh, going back earlier into the spring, you heard me complain about how I was feeling slow, feeling old, uh, needed to do something about it. Uh, started poking around online, uh, spoke to my good uh, friend, uh, Ian Fraser from TXG, uh, who we do stuff with here in Toronto. And uh, the stack system kept coming up in conversation. So I decided I was going to do something, see if I could get my speed back, see if I could get back to maybe some numbers that I hadn't seen in a very long time and do it in a way that hopefully didn't completely ruin my golf swing. So that's why I asked <laughs> our current guest to join us right now, uh, Dr. Sasha McKenzie, who is with the Department of Human Kine uh, Kinetics, St. Francis Xavier, PhD in sports biomechanics, and the co-founder of the Stack System. So, uh, doctor, first off, uh, I want to thank you for inventing this because I have had tremendous success and, and it's really brought a lot of kind of joy back into the game for me this year, which I haven't had in a very long time. Uh, before we get into my personal findings, the recent success on tour, uh, most recently with the U.S. Open champion, let's go back to the beginning. Before you describe to our audience what the system is, where did the idea come from? Where, where did you take, you know, your background, your education, your knowledge and come up with the idea of how I'm going to create this system and target this area and people can learn to be faster. Yeah, it. Um, well, first of all, thanks for having me on, Mark. I appreciate it. Um, it probably comes from my track and field background. Um, you know, the, the lots of experiences and information that kind of led to the development of the system, but primarily it was um, track and field. I was a track athlete university. I coached track for a long time. And with track and field, most of the events is just about being faster. So there's, you can't get lost in the weeds of lots of other statistics, you know, finding fairways and short game and approach. It's, Hey, you have to move faster. And it's been a lot of research done in track and field and how you can sprint faster. And one of those uh, ways is through overload and overspeed um, training. So that would be uh, overload would be uh, running with some slight amount of resistance with just the appropriate amount of, of load um, and then being towed by um, something. So something that's helping you with just the right amount. So you're running a certain percentage faster. 
Um, and uh, it's it's very much uh, fine tuned. So you can't just tow anything and get faster at sprinting. You can't just get pulled by anything and get faster at sprinting. There's specific loads uh, that you need to use, and it's it, it's um, known to be very individualistic. So, um, it, you know, I was a multi-event athlete in track and field, 180 pounds, um, and uh, ran the 100 meters in about 11 seconds. One of my training partners. 220 pounds. So 40 pounds heavier than me also ran the hundred meters in 11 seconds, but the, the loads that we would use to do over load and over speed, um, sprint training were quite different. Um, so the, in golf, the, you know, the two things, really, everybody tends to, to swing at about 90%. So you look at tour players or average golfers, you go out there when you play around the golf, you're not swinging, um, as hard as you can. Um, so you never get a training effect. You know, if you don't golf at all, if you've never golfed before and you go out and you play golf, then eventually you'll get faster because just you're getting used to swinging at all. But if you took a track and field sprinter, hundred meter sprinter, and you had them sprint at 90% all the time, they're not going to go anywhere. You need to, you need to push that. So yeah, you need to swing, uh, maximally, but also you can get the added benefit of fine tuning, um, these loads and, um, the, to the individual. And I looked at the existing systems out there and, and there were, Hey, here are three weights and everybody's going to use these three weights all the time. Um, and that would be like, you know, um, when I went through track and field, Hey, here's one sled with this amount of weight on it. Everybody's going to tow that or these three different weights. And no, we want to figure out the exact load for you. So that, that's kind of the origins of, um, uh, why I thought about developing a speed system for golf. All right, Dr. Sasha McKenzie there speaking of the origins of the program, the stack system. On the other side, to kick off Hour 2, we will start taking a closer look at what is this product, how does it work, how can it benefit you. We had someone hit us up on Twitter about, you know, what if I'm a 20 handicap and I hit it all over the place? Is this going to help me? Well, you know, at the, end of, at the end of the day, you know, you should be working on your golf swing, making better positions, creating better contact, et cetera, et cetera. But I would say this, getting stronger and getting faster always helps regardless of your level of play because the one thing we learn in the remainder of this interview that, that, that uh, Sasha will get to is that when you bring up your speed, you're also bringing up your, the speed in your smooth one, right? You're not, you're not going at it like, like, like an animal at all times when you go play golf. But if right now, you know, for instance, if we were talking about Adam, Bob, you know, what's Scully's top swing speeds? Probably something crazy like 125 miles an hour or something like that. I don't know what Adam's top number is, but if his, if he was top number was 125 and his baby fade fairway finders 118 and he adds three miles an hour through training, well, now his baby fairway finder is now 121. So, you know what I mean? Like it's all relative. So I think it helps everybody. And um, Adam, what is your swing speed? <laughs> yeah, so I I think I can top it out. Well, I haven't actually tried to like really, you know, do speed training really, but I, like in in the TrackMan uh, simulator, I've gotten to one twenty two clubhead speed. I figured it so, was up somewhere like that. Like generally, I am around one eighteen. Like that's that's generally wow. generally one eighteen. I was just guessing, Bob. <laughs> yeah, I just I just try not to fall down. That's kind of what mine is. I, I, I'm generally what 118 and ball speeds around 175. Wow, that is crazy. So I have just touched a ball speed of 160, uh, and I 
probably have never been at 160 in 20 years, I would guess, wow. would be my guess. So I, I, and that just happened recently in the last couple of days. So yeah, I do think at some point this is going to top out. We will talk about it uh, in this conversation, but um, it's been fun to actually put in work and see a result. Just like anything else in golf, Bob, like you go work on your putting and then you putt well, you, there's a satisfaction to it, right? Without a doubt. I mean, I've, I noticed that my short game has been horrendous. And I, one of the things I analyzed was before every round, you know, I hit balls and I practice putting, but I never really seem to practice my chipping, even if I just hit, you know, 20 chips. And now I'm doing that and it's much improved. So it's, yeah. just, it's not like it's, uh, uh, you need to be super smart to figure it out. <laughs> but you got to uh, practice the right you. thing, obviously. Yeah, practice the right way, put in some effort, put in some work. We're going to get to it. It's coming up in uh, our next two segments. We'll uh, really get into this uh, this product and find out maybe how it can help you. We're also going to do winners, weird and what. Don't forget, 20 weeks of TaylorMade continues. Adam, what are we giving away this week? We're giving away six dozen tour response stripe balls. So that could be balls for a year. That could be balls for life. That could be balls for a week. Bob, do you like using these golf balls? I do, but I just wanted to put this out because uh, uh, I know we don't. We're going to do our edge picks for for television this week, but there's a special uh, over under bet available right now, and it starts at eleven o'clock. It's the uh, Nathan's famous hot dog eating contest. Oh, Joey that's... Chestnut. The over under, yes. believe it or not, is seventy four and a half. That's it. <laughs> well, well, the other thing, he's injured though. Joey Chestnut is injured. He he, he broke his leg or something, and he hobbled up to the podium the other day for, I guess, the weigh-in or whatever they do to kick off the hot dog weekend. And he said, I, I think he's, he's either on a crutch or a soft boot or something. Have you seen, did you see this, Bob? I don't know, but I mean, like, would that help you? Because obviously he's got a hollow leg, so that's where the hot dogs <laughs> go, right? So, anyway, I just thought I'd throw that out because it's going to start. If you want to get your bets in, you've only got five minutes. Get them in now. Get them in now, people. Uh, sorry, Adam. So the, the tour response stripe ball, you know what they're good at? They're great for practicing your putting, too. Like Even if yeah. you don't like, I love putting that thick stripe down and practicing. You really get to see how you're rolling, whatnot. Anyway, we'll give away in those. Give away those balls to anyone who follows us on so you got a chance to win. If you follow us at Golf Talk Canada, Twitter and Instagram, at TaylorMade Golf Canada, Twitter and Instagram, follow both of us, tag a friend. You got a chance each week. 30,000 in prizing, including a grand prize, which is a full set of golf clubs, custom through the bag, top to bottom, and a trip for two to Casa de uh, Campo in the Dominican Republic. The grand prize alone worth over ten thousand dollars okay coming up on the other side we'll continue our conversation with dr sasha mckenzie this is golf talk canada this segment of gtc presented by TaylorMade was brought to you by play golf myrtle beach no destination in the world can match myrtle beach's volume of golf quality and value come discover why myrtle beach is the golf capital of the world thank you for listening to hour one of gtc don't forget to follow us on twitter and instagram at golf talk canada for show archives podcasts and all things gtc visit golftalkcanada.com and don't miss golf talk canada television weekly on the tsn television network this is hour two of golf talk canada presented by Picton Mahoney Asset Management. For over 15 years, our focus has been on helping Canadians stay invested in all market conditions, including this one. Now, here are your hosts, Mark Sacchino, Bob Weeks, and Adam Scully. 
Welcome back to Golf Talk Canada, Hour 2. In Hour 2, we will get you caught up on all the leaderboards in all the world of golf from the weekend. We'll also do winners, weird, and what. But we're going to continue our conversation now with Dr. Sasha McKenzie, who is the inventor of the Stack System. If you are just joining us, if you're thinking about getting longer, creating more speed, hitting your driver further this summer, uh, you're going to want to hear the remainder of this interview. Uh, the part one was really about the origins. Where did this start? It started in his track and field career, learning how to train with uh, different loads, different weighting, uh, how to push yourself, create, your, create yourself to be a faster athlete on the track. Well, if it works in track, why wouldn't those applications apply to golf? Well, they do. Let's get to part two of our conversation and start to get into a deeper dive about what this product is and what it can do. I've tried some of those other systems in the past. Uh, did I get slightly faster immediately? Yes. Did I have huge improvements? No. Uh, at the same time, it threw off my sweet, uh, sequencing. Um, I really didn't like what it did to my golf swing. It didn't make me swing smarter. I want to get into a couple of those things with you. Before we do, this system, I found the stack system different immediately. People me to describe it to him i said well it comes with you know a stick with a grip that you yep. can change the weights on to make heavier or lighter there it is thank you for having i should have had mine with me here here as well mine's in my golf bag <laughs> and it runs you through a series of programs and i i describe it and i'm describing it obviously in layman's terms when i'm describing it to bob and adam on the show i'm saying it through these series of exercises it, it, it kind of learns where you're slow and where you can improve and then designs a series of exercises that I did for, I think, a 45-day period off the top of my head. I think that was the number in which it's targeting in those areas. And I got some incredible results and I found out a bunch of amazing things. But am I, am I describing that accurately? Because to me, it's not just what you showed us. It's the app and the software and, and the information and data being collected to target you as an individual that separates the system for me. Yeah, absolutely, that, that's correct. Uh, so my, my co-founder, Marty Jertsen, um, who's the VP of Innovation and Fitting at Ping, did an amazing job designing a, a hardware solution that could pair with the app, but most of the magic really is in the app. So um first thing you described it pretty well we do a bit every uh golfer goes through a baseline test the app guides you through tells you what weights to add on tells you how long to rest um you even swing your own driver in the baseline and the purpose is we want to know um are, are you struggling with swinging things that are slightly heavier than your driver or things that are slightly lighter than your driver so do you need more overload or more over speed um, and we also do single arm testing um, in the app. So maybe one of your arms is a limitation. And we also ask you some questions. Um, you know, hey, does your driver feel really heavy um, is one, uh, one question that we ask. And so we get that information along with your profile information, your age, your current handicap, um, how far you're currently hitting the ball. And all that information goes into a series of algorithms and we provide a rank ordered list of programs. So the, the first program that pops up is the one that we feel, based on a lot of data and science, is going to give you the fastest gains um, uh, and the biggest gains. So how quickly can you get speed and, and, and in the most efficient manner? 
you can choose the other programs. They're just not the most recommended. So then you'll pick that program. Um, and each workout then becomes uh, customized based on how you're currently performing. So after that first workout, uh, it might be slightly different than your baseline. That's okay. We're going to use that information from the first workout as well as the baseline to then program your second workout. Um, and those, the weights that you're swinging will constantly change throughout the program, depending on how, how you change. No different than if, um, if anybody's familiar with lifting weights, if your trainer wanted you doing uh, a set of six incline bench press with 60-pound dumbbells and you did eight of them, well, then your trainer or you should figure out, well, the next workout, I should probably lift more weight because I'm, I'm not going to progress. Um, so we, uh, we have those algorithms built in the app. It tells you when to work out. It tells you how long to rest between each swing, between each set. And, you know, a big issue, one of the, one of the other things that we have along, you know, side of all this uh, great stuff to tell you exactly the best workout for you is it's very motivating because you have, um, uh, your personal bests get saved as you go along. So if you swing one swing, that's the fastest ever with that weight. The app gives you a cheer. And if you have an average for the set that's faster, it gives you a cheer. So it's constant, it's motivating to see, hey, I, I am actually improving. Um, and it's it's telling you that. Uh, and you can see, you know, these graphs are showing you, hey, here's your here's how you're improving. We also have a great number called a, a grit score. It's how well you're adhering to the program. Um, so, you know, if you decide, oh, okay, I'm gonna take you know, a lot of time between sets here, or I'm going to take time between workouts, your grit score drops. So that, you know, that's also motivating to say, Hey, look, okay, I'm, uh, I'm going to stick to this program. And that information is really important for us because we're constantly with, with we've now got about 10,000 users. And so just like yourself, you're kind of a participant in a research study, even though you don't know it. So your program is going to be slightly different. You're with 300 golfers. It's going to be slightly different from a 300 other golfers, maybe in terms of the rest or the exact weight you're swinging. And then you do a pre-test and a post-test. Let's see how your speed improved at the end. We repeat the baseline after the program and we can tell what's better. Um, so, hey, is, is 30 seconds of rest better than 25? You know, um, should we should you be swinging weights at 115 percent of your driver's speed or 112 percent? Things that you, you know, would take forever to do in a a research environment like I'm in right now, usually when you do a study at university, it's, Hey, let's have a group of 20 golfers in this group, a group of 20 golfers in that group. We've got hundreds and we're constantly running studies within the app. So the, the, the programs are changing. We're getting better and better. It's, there's really no speed system in any sport that, that can claim that. Uh, well, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm, uh, sold hundred uh, percent. I just completed my first program. In fact, I started my second one. So, for my first two programs, uh, I want to throw some things at you and get you to comment to see, are these things normal and are my reactions things that you've heard along the way? Um, from my original baseline, I started, now I started from a very slow position. So I was wondering, you know, are my means abnormal? Because I started from such a spot where, you know, I was not swinging well. I was fighting my swing. I had a bunch of different swing thoughts. So all these things were adding up to me being slower as well because I just didn't have any confidence in anything I was doing. So I started off with a stack speed rating of, of 94. 
yeah. a driver speed of 110 and a distance potential of 306. After my first program, I've gone from 94 to 99, from 110 to 115, and from 306 to 322. I put in the work. I followed the program to a T. I'm hitting the golf ball at my home club in places I haven't hit it in 15 years. I mean, I'm shocked. Playing with my buddies, they're like, you haven't hit it there since you're in your early 30s. I'm 47. Um, So I've seen this with my own eyes. Uh, I also felt like it got me on a good path because of that data that you were just telling us about and those benchmarks and congratulations, this is the fastest you've done it. I felt like I got on a better path with my swing. I found that certain motions or certain things I was doing in my swing weren't efficient, wasted energy. Why am I doing this? And it got Mm -hmm. me on on a singular path with my golf swing, which was a wonderful finding as well. So I've just started my second program, which was the one that was suggested. We're only, I believe, two workouts in. I've seen at the moment to hit a bit of a ceiling. But the one thing I'm very curious about is something that I found out when I went through my second baseline testing, which is where I might go for my next workout, my third workout, you know, in another 40 days from now, is I'm a right-handed person who's a left-handed golfer. Mike Weir, Weir, Phil Mickelson. Me. Okay, yourself, Jordan Spieth, left-handed person who swings the club right-handed. My lead arm is 20 miles an hour quicker in testing than my trail arm. I mean, I've got to think there is a world load of speed somewhere locked in this really weak trail arm that I'm not using. So basically, I knew I threw a lot at you there, but are those findings of what I uh, spoke about? Is this normal? Is this what people experience? And, and and not just that, but about learning to be more efficient and finding where your weaknesses are. Yeah. So those, happily, those results are, are pretty typical. Um, you, the, the way, when I look at a golfer um, like yourself, Mark, 47, I'm 44. Um, there's about a, a 20 mile per hour difference in you in a minimally trained state or me and a maximally trained state. And if you're at the minimally trained state, so uh, let's say for you, that would be 100 miles per hour with the driver, okay? Then for you, that would mean that your maximally trained state would be about 120. Give or take, there's going to be a little bit of fluctuation for everybody. Now, if you trained optimally at your age, you might be able to, in five years, get up to that 120. Okay, now you maybe you maybe you started higher than 100. Maybe for you it's 125, but there's about a 20 mile per hour gap there. What we're trying to do with the stack system is as quickly as we can take as much of that gap away. Let's get you up to that uh, 120 as fast as we can. Now, in in reality, there are a lot of things that have to happen in the body um, that take a long time to actually get to that 120. Um, and eventually, if you're at 120, if you're at your peak, like a Kyle Berkshire is, that's all the guy does is train, and he's very close to 160 mile per hour club head speed. Once you get there, or if you're in your constantly in this maximally minimally trained state, you're going to start slowing down after 30. Okay, but what's what's great for you and me is that we're not at our maximum. So you pick up the stack, 
and you get you gained about uh, five or six miles per hour. Right. So I would guess then, you know, you, you might in this, you know, over the whole first year, you might get up to nine or ten. But then in the second year, if you, if you train consistently, you might tick off another three or four. And then in the third year, you might get one or two. And then but the way I, I've been kind of I'm now in like year three or four of, of my training. And I'm to be honest, I'm not willing to to train 12 months a year. I'm very happy. You know, my ceiling's probably around 130. Um, I'm very happy having a maximum speed of around 125 and, and playing in the one teens, you know? And, and so I lose speed. Like I don't train much this time of year, whether in Canada, um, I, I could try to keep my speed up, but I'd rather golf and do stuff with my sure. family. And you know what? January, February, March, Hey, I got some time to gain my speed back up. Um, and so I'll be using the stack for the rest of my life, you know, to try and get, get as close to that ceiling as I can um, and maintain it there. Uh, but I'm not willing to sacrifice everything to make sure I get to 130. Some guys are. That's great. And we have the system to do that. So your results are pretty typical. Um, and uh, you want to refresh my mind. about oh, some yeah. of the In terms of just some of the learnings on wasted movements and learning to swing it more efficiently it, it by about three weeks into the program i found a bunch of moves that i felt like were unnecessary i used to go to the golf course like what swing am i going to use today and yeah. i quickly learned within three weeks what what my more efficient move was and i got in a lane and i stayed there yeah okay that's a great point so i think when when all we do the average person the, Maybe they hit a few range balls, but the, you know, the folks at my club, the guys that I play with, maybe hit some to warm up. Um, but the average golfer is not what they're practicing. So they do all their driving on the course. And a lot of driving ranges, you can't hit driver. That's a fact in Canada. So you're, you're hitting 14 drivers max, kind of in a round of golf. And we don't like to lose golf balls. So over time, we constrain ourselves, right? And, and it becomes difficult to, um, to free your swing up on the course. And that's kind of what, what, what the stack allows you to do. There's no ball. So it allows you to learn those gross movement patterns that give you the highest speed. And then you can do some calibration. Maybe your face is a bit more closed or a bit more open, but it, it only takes a few swings to start to, to calibrate that. But that, that number on the radar that you see it, it allows you to kind of explore those movement patterns that, that are going to make that go higher. Um, so you're like, you know what, uh, probably I don't need to, you know, be limiting, uh, how much I'm, you know, adding risk cock in the backswing, right. I can kind of free that up. Boom. There's another two, three miles per hour. What if I, uh, allow my, my trail leg to, you know, to kind of extend or straighten a little bit in the backswing. Maybe my lead heel comes off the ground. Maybe I try a loose grip. Holy smokes. If I just loosen my grip tension, there's a couple of miles per hour. Um, what happens if I, you know, I make sure that I really feel like I'm pushing in the ground harder with my trail foot, almost like I'm really jumping with that, or sorry, my lead foot um, on the way down. Um, what if I work on a little squat move like Rory? Um, so there's all these things that you, you can try um, and you're like, hey, look, the number went up. Great. So, so a lot of people just organically figure out some movements that lead to, to higher club speed. Some people might even be aware of it. All right, great stuff there from Dr. Sasha McKenzie. we got to take a break. On the other side, we will conclude our conversation on the stack system. This is Golf Talk Canada. This segment of GTC was presented by Picton Mahoney Asset Management. 
For over 15 years, our focus has been on helping Canadians stay invested in all market conditions, including this one. This is Golf Talk Canada, presented by Picton Mahoney Asset Management. This segment of GTC is brought to you by the Muskoka Bay Club and Resort. Live, stay, and play. Welcome back, Golf Talk Canada. All right, let's uh, finish our conversation with Dr. Sasho McKenzie, the inventor of the stack system. This is uh, part three of three. Uh, let's continue the conversation. Must be very gratifying recently. You know, Matt Fitzpatrick thanking you in, in a U.S. Open press conference, the success you've seen at the highest level. People like me just reaching out to you seven, eight weeks ago saying, hey, uh, you know, can you help me? Uh, and not now me sitting here saying, hey, if you put in the work, this works. It's on you to just put in the work, your grit score, for lack of a better way of putting it. Uh, yeah. How gratifying is this, has this been for you? Yeah, it, it, it's been pretty awesome. You know, on a couple of levels, um, uh, from uh, my, a big passion of mine is science, running experiments, finding answers to things. So to be able to, to do science on a really large scale, high quality science, like you, you, you've done the workout. Um, so I know the effort level you're putting in. I can see that in the app. I know what your rests were, your, you know, your, your, your all of that stuff. So I'm, I'm running really good science. We are with, with these programs. So to learn a lot about what, what are the best ways to generate speed. So that's very gratifying um, for all the amateur golfers out there to be using it. But then, you know, also maybe even to an extent on a different level of gratifying is to um, take players at the, the top level, the, 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 the best of the best, like a Matt Fitzpatrick um, and be the tipping point for him. You know, so he, he was a world-class player um, by, you know, by any measure, but wanted more. He wants to win and he didn't have the distance to do that. You know, majors are, are it. That's what the best players in the world want. They want to win majors um, and your odds of winning a major with a club at speed of 112 miles per hour are low. You know, if you are coming in with four irons and your playing partners are coming in with wedges and nine irons, uh, that's tough. You're giving up a lot of strokes. Um, so to be able to, uh, you know, have the stack system and, and my training programs and working with Matt and have him, you know, I like to think of it as the tipping point because, um, yeah, maybe I, you know, gave him a little bit better performance or help with that, but his coach, his trainer, his stats, all the, all the work he's put in got him to be, a, you know, a very elite golfer. It was just that he needed that little bit extra um, to really push him over the edge and, and, uh, speed was it, you know, and, and just not just speed, but also, um, his driving ability overall is better, um, because of the stack training, you know, he, he, he feels like he can control his golf ball more. Well, a hundred percent too. And, and to your point, what, what we push our limits to in training is not necessarily how we're going to swing that golf club on the golf course, but I'm bringing up my baseline along the way. Yeah. So now my, you know, my fairway finder is all of a sudden five miles an hour quicker than my old fairway finder because my yeah. home run balls five miles an hour quicker, so to speak. So uh, I'm a huge fan. Before we say goodbye, um, from a personal standpoint, uh, or someone like me, or someone, one of our viewers, or one of our listeners decides to take this journey 
as I go along, any trap doors, because, you know, uh, I kind of related it a little bit to weight loss and, and weight fluctuation or anything like that. You, you will hit plateaus and it's hard to stay disciplined to stay with it because, you know, all of a sudden the scale doesn't drop as fast as it was dropping in the first 15 pounds or 10 pounds because now you're into the real hard work. I saw this great jump in speed early and now I feel like I've kind of plateaued a, a bit for a while. I'm going to keep going, keep going hard. Are there any trap doors like that? Things to know about, ways to stay motivated that you'd like to pass along? Yeah, so so we have about um, a point, about point one percent, not quite point one percent of our users that that see less than uh, you know a two mile per hour gain. Um, so that's a very small number. You know, most are higher than that. But when I and because they're so small, I can reach out to them directly if they haven't contacted me and said, "Hey, I haven't been gaining." Um, the biggest thing is not swinging with the intents that we suggest in the app. So before every set, you'll know this. It shows you what weights to load on. There's a picture of the stack. Load these weights on. It tells you the intent to use. Could be a full intent, which is as hard as you'd swing on a course. Max intent, which is, you know, it's okay to lose balance. And most folks don't reach that max intent. So they'll send me videos. Um, I'll try to get to the bottom of things. And every swing is perfectly in balance. You know, and, and, and I'll say, hey, take a look at your swing. And take a look at the way guys like uh, Victor Hovland is swinging on the course. He's actually swinging with more effort on the course than you are swinging in training. That's not going to work. You, you, if you swing at 96 or 97%, you won't get the training effect. So that's the biggest thing is that you have to swing hard. If you never lose balance ever and you never feel at your risk of losing balance and you're not swinging hard enough, you're not going to get that stimulus. You're, you're really cutting your, your training short. Um, so, so that's the uh, probably the you know, the biggest, uh, the biggest trap door. And also you're getting frustrated with speed plateaus. So well, you'll, we'll see big gains, hopefully in the first uh, program, which is 18 sessions, maybe it's six miles an hour, maybe it's 10 miles per hour. But what you have to realize is that's not sustainable. Like, so if you look at someone like uh, Fitzpatrick, who two years ago started at about 112 and at the RBC Canadian Open, he averaged 119 which is a massive transformation. Any tour player would be like, you're going to give me seven miles per hour, sign me up. Yes. Um, but that was over two years. Um, and so you start, you start doing some division and you're like, hey, uh, seven miles per hour over two years, that's like half a mile per hour a month. So he could go a month and see nothing. Man, I, I put in, you know, I did 12 workouts. Why hasn't the needle moved? Um, there's stimuluses that are changing your system. They just haven't shown themselves yet in terms of speed because you're, you know, maybe you're a bit fatigued, you're doing other things. Um, but then the next month there's two miles per hour, right? Maybe the month after that's a mile per hour. And then you go two months with nothing. But if you, if you stay committed, then you can, you can slowly chip away. So um, people will say, Hey, I've plateaued. I've gone five sessions in a row and I've gotten slower. Yeah. That's okay. What's great about the app is that uh, it's kind of a double-edged sword is that it, you have that speed feedback for every session, but it's not normal in sport to test yourself every workout. Do, do you know what I mean? It's right. track and right. field athletes are fine. They've got their target times and they know they're not going to run PBs every workout and it's fine. It's kind of part of the culture, 
But I think, it, you know, with, with golfers, it's like you start to see those gains every work and you think this will continue. Ah, don't be, don't be too concerned if you go a long period of time um, with, without seeing speed increases. Think of a long-term goal. You're going to use the stack for the rest of your life. It's going to try to, you're going to hopefully close that gap, get up to your maximum potential, you know, over a couple of years um, and hopefully not, not regress. Right. So just kind of, as long as you get a workout in every five days, you can kind of keep your speed up. That's what I try to do over the summer. And then um, if you have some more, uh, you know, some downtimes throughout the year, try to fill in a full workout, you know, like a full speed spectrum or a foundation program that you've done and make a little bit of gain um, and try not to slide backwards. Well, thank you so much for your time. Uh, I, I mean, if you put in the work, I know this works. Uh, nothing but benefits for anybody serious about getting faster, getting stronger, and just uh, investing in their swing. He is Dr. Sasha McKenzie, the co-founder of The Stack System. It is thestacksystem.com. Check it out. I highly recommend it. Doctor, I'd love to do this again with you down the road. Circle Great. back. And uh, let you know where we're, where I'm at, and, and and just revisit all this if you've got time down the road. Be happy to. Thanks so much for your time. Okay, thank you, Mark. Oh, great stuff there. I appreciate him uh, taking the time to take the deep dive. It is the stack system, and if you're thinking about it, um, I would jump out there and get involved and get longer, and you'll uh, you'll see improvement right away. On the other side. We're going to get back to Winners Weird and What 3-Dub. There is plenty of great audio this week in 3-Dub. Just head-scratching material that I just, when I heard it, my jaw dropped. We'll do it next. This is Golf Talk Canada. This segment of GTC presented by Picton Mahoney Asset Management was brought to you by the Muskoka Bay Club and Resort. Live, stay, and play. This is Golf Talk Canada, presented by Picton Mahoney Asset Management. This segment of GTC is brought to you by Cadillac. Experience the iconic Cadillac sedans and SUVs in a personalized live video tour with all your questions answered in real time. Book your tour at Cadillac.live. It is that time. The good, the bad, the ugly. Winners, weird, and what? Three dub. And this week, Adam, the tea is yours, sir. Three forty-eight. Oh. <laughs> oh man, that is sweet. Okay, gents, my winner this week, or I guess I should say my winners this week, go to Justin Thomas, Jordan Spieth, and Ricky Fowler, who have gone overseas early. Uh, of course, the Open Championship next week, Scottish Open this week, the Pro-Am that's going on right now that Tiger Woods is actually also playing. And as we speak, they are playing some, some of the great courses in Ireland. And Justin Thomas put out this great post on social with, J with uh, Jordan Spieth, with Ricky Fowler, all enjoying a pint of Guinness playing Tralee. One of the great golf courses in Ireland. I know, Mark, you've you've uh, you're heading back there shortly. I know, and and you've played Tralee before. It's quite a great experience, all in all. But to see them enjoying a pint of Guinness playing golf, it doesn't really get much better than that. Scully, I leave next week. They're playing my rotation. They were at La Hinch. They were at Tralee. Today they're playing in the uh, pro am at uh, Adair Manor. Uh, I mean, this is basically our rotation a week. I'm super pumped. I will say this, though, guys. You know, we're going in July for, for a reason. They were wearing toques and sweaters. I'm a little nervous. I'm just, I'm just... 
You know what they say about golf in Ireland? You could get four seasons all in one day. So but awesome to see uh, the boys enjoying some great golf courses in Ireland. And that's where we go to my weird. And Mount Juliet hosted the Irish Open. I just, it didn't really do it for me. It, was, it seems like a parkland traditional course. There are so many great courses in Ireland, everywhere in Ireland. You could go, you know, obviously Royal Portrush, Royal County Down, Port Marnock, Tralee, Ballybunion, uh, Old Head, you know, shall I say more? There are so many other courses. I just didn't really love this setup with so many other great options there. Bob, I, you haven't actually played golf in Ireland, correct? Bob, if I'm not mistaken? Now, Mark, I have, have not. Played, no, I, Mark, have you played Mount Juliet? I have not played Mount Juliet because we try to not include like North American style Parkland golf courses when we fly to the other side of the world. We are going to play a Dare Manor this time on the trip uh, because it's on our way as we make our way to the West Coast. You land in Dublin, you got a four-hour drive to get over to Lahinch. So on our way over, we're going to stop at a Dare Manor and. Although it's a Parkland golf course, went through a massive renovation, and it's going to host the Ryder Cup in 2027. So we figured it's worth a, a pop-in. Uh, it's supposed to be spectacular on the way over. But to your point, Adam, traditionally, if I'm going to fly to the other side of the world to play Lynx golf, I don't want to play Lynx golf. But, Bob, as you know better than anybody, sometimes it's not because it's a great golf course that hosts uh, a national championship. It's because it has all the other infrastructure needed to host a national championship. Yeah, it's and yeah. and we should point out uh, doing on that same note that uh, the top 100 golf courses that score golf has released the last 10, so 100 to 91. Guess what golf course was ranked 91? Glen Abbey. Wow. So there you wow. go. That's kind and of a, shows you that it's not always the golf course; it's what you can do with the golf course and around it. Right. So, right. You go, and Adam. you know what? We are not going to get uh, time to get into today, guys, which we have to get into at some point, maybe after the Open Championship, is Golf Digest came out with its top 100 world list, and there's a bunch of Canadian golf courses on that list as well. So we'll have to get into that, too. Go ahead, I'm sorry. Hijacking your yeah. segment here. No, no, no. Uh, 12 <laughs> Canadian courses on that Golf Digest rating. So, yeah, we will definitely get to that on an upcoming uh, GTC. Okay, my what this week? Got to talk some live. And how about the celebration of the team winners? Dustin Johnson, Taylor Gooch, Pat Perez, fresh after a nice round of 80. Uh, Patrick Reed, Taylor Gooch, DJ. And they were spraying champagne. I mean, like, I, I, I didn't really understand this. I mean, obviously, they're taking home a bunch of dough. But are, are we going to see this, you know, for live uh, in, in the rest of the events here? I, I'm very curious where this goes from here. What do you think, Bob? Lifestyles of the rich and famous. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> Who cares? I just find it all so contrived, right? From the, from everything is just so forced and artificial, including the champagne celebration. It's just, it's tough to watch. It really is. Okay, and on that note, that's it for me. Mark, the tea is now yours. I'll answer the question. You want answers? I think I'm entitled. You want answers. I want the truth. You can't handle the truth. Well, my winner this week is Dylan Wu from the John Deere Classic because we've all had that little chat with ourselves on the golf course, especially after a three-putt or we're struggling on the greens. And But you love it. You love it when you hear it from a PGA Tour player. Here's Dylan Wu giving himself a little talking to after a, a poor putting performance this weekend. So bad this week. Absolutely freaking awful. The entire week. Literally just awful. Freaking putting, dude. 
Nice. Wu throws that ball in the water. He doesn't want any part of that anymore. But trajectory he takes is our tracing technology provided by TrackMan this week. Over yeah. just a touch over on the left-hand side. He's going to catch the green. Oh, my goodness. Indeed, it does. Oh. All right, so Adam, have you ever had to really like you know thrash, give yourself a good thrashing, a good talking to about your uh, about your flat stick? No, I mean the putter's a strength of my game now. I mean I, I, I'm a changed <laughs> I'm a changed man now. I, I feel like Bob, you might be, you might have been pulling a Dylan after your putting performances throughout the week. What do you think? <laughs> I do it with my inside voice. The inside. <laughs> All right, Bob. My weird this week. I got to ask you this, Bob, because Paul Casey. From age, European, his age. Uh, I still think Paul's a little bit more relevant on the PGA Tour, certainly, uh, in my opinion, than some of his uh, contemporaries that have already made the jump to live. Uh, but Paul, in the past, has skipped the Saudi Invitational, has not participated in parts of the world where they play golf, where they uh, you know, have a violation of human rights, yada, yada, yada. He did a lot of work with UNICEF uh, over the years. And I found his joining Liv this week as a bit of surprise because of his political history. Did it catch you off guard at all? Uh, yes and no. The fact that he was um, he played in the Saudi Invitational this last year. So I saw, okay, maybe this is where it's coming. And I think he's in that cohort with that group where probably, I don't want to say peer pressure, but probably if you got Poulter and you got Westwood and you got all those guys and they're giving you some money and, and I hear there's a couple more guys that may be announced before the next one as well. So we'll keep our eyes open. But uh, they're not done, and, and Casey's the latest. It's going to be really interesting because one of the names being floated, guys, obviously Henrik Stenson, who's captain of the European Ryder Cup team, which completely – you think that the future tenure of the Ryder Cup teams have changed because of Liv? What about the current Ryder Cup team changing because of Liv? Because the captain might be on his way out if he joins the Liv Golf Series. Okay, my what this week, guys, this actually – might be the dumbest thing I have heard in the world of golf <laughs> in, in 2022. From the, from the files of shut your mouth if you don't know what you're talking about, I don't know if anything can touch this. This is Taylor Gooch post-round comments after being part of the winning team in Portland's Live Series. Do you feel the energy of this crowd? It's unbelievable out here. Yeah, absolutely. I haven't played a Ryder Cup or a President's Cup, but I can't imagine there's a whole hell of a lot of difference. I mean, this was as cool as it gets. We've been saying about it all week. Like, the energy is just, it's different. It's awesome. All right, guys. Go ahead. I'm not even going to say anything. Go ahead, both of you. Like, help me with this. Bob, Bob, I mean, please, please. I've been to a Ryder Cup. I've been to a whole bunch of Ryder Cups and President's Cups. And I can guarantee you that, that this was nothing. Like, this wasn't, even, this wasn't even like the PEI Open. I think it had bigger, bigger crowds and more energy than this out there. I mean, come on, Taylor. If, you're not gonna, if you don't really know what you're talking about, the best thing to do is shut up. Yeah, I, I think, I wonder if Taylor Gooch has only watched the President's Cup and Ryder Cup on mute. Maybe yeah. he just doesn't like watching TV with volume up. I don't know. It is the most ridiculous thing I have heard all year in the world of golf from a player, anyone related to the game. Absolutely ridiculous. All right, Adam, the, that does it for me. Bob, the T is yours, sir. All right. Uh, 
So, so what do I do? Just aim for the pond? No, you're not supposed to hit it into the water. But you hit it into the water. I know I hit it into the water. Well, why do they even have water if you're not supposed to hit it there? Because it's fun! We're having fun! Look, it went further than your ball! Uh, all right, guys. With you know, eight years later, I still can't get my uh, timing right on that thing. Um, my winner this week, is, my winner this week is a guy by the name of Harrison Ott, which may not ring any bells to anybody. But as we were talking uh, earlier in the show about the PEI Open, he was one of those unlucky guys who came in and tried to. Uh, his clubs didn't arrive. Now he came in to try and Monday qualify. So we got in on Monday morning. All he had on, he had no luggage, no, nothing at all. Didn't, not only did his clubs, but his clothes didn't arrive either. So he was wearing sweatpants, tennis shoes, and a T-shirt. He managed to get a, uh, the golf pro lent him a golf shirt because you have to wear a collared shirt. And it was one that had an old one that had like a Coors Light logo on it. And, and he wore that over his, with his sweatpants and his tennis shoes. And a member uh, donated or dropped off some clubs for him to use that had shafts that were nothing close to what his were. He said he hit almost every shot to the left, but he still managed to put up a, uh, a, 64, a 66, qualified for the tournament, got into the tournament. His clubs finally arrived on Wednesday, late Wednesday, and he finished tied for ninth. Now, how about that for a cool story about a guy making it? I don't know, Adam, what do you think of the odds of that happening are? You know, like if I show up somewhere and I don't have my clubs, I, I'm just not going to play. I, I, I would shoot a trillion if I didn't have my own. I'd make every excuse in the book, so so good for this guy. Yeah, it's crazy. Uh, my weird this week, I don't know if you saw this. This goes back to, to live in Portland. But at one point, Greg Norman was in a, I guess, like a corporate area that was up above where the crowd was. And the crowd was all down below, and they were gathered, and I think they saw him there. And he started throwing beers down to them like cans of beer and i thought like what's this like alms for the poor here you poor wretches down there have have this drink of this nectar it'll be good for you and i just thought man if this guy didn't think he was already a <laughs> some kind of a nut job then i don't know this this reminded me of when donald trump threw towels to the people in puerto rico after their <laughs> after the big earthquake or the hurricane went through i mean it was just such a weird thing uh, does anything surprise you, Mark, with him? Well, Bob, Bob, I was just going to say that, you know, quite often in uh, my men's league shotgun, uh, we have a beer sponsor. So, you know, this is just another men's league shotgun is all it is. <laughs> there you go. Exactly <laughs> right. Exactly right. And my what this week is, we don't know. It should be actually almost who. But we don't know who this person is. But according to one story that I read this morning, there is a live golf player who went back to his home club, he's an, an American, went to his home club to go and practice, and he was told he was no longer welcome at the club anymore because he has joined the Live Tour. Apparently this golf club has rescinded his, uh, his playing privileges to go out there. And now we haven't found out who it is. There's a couple of rumors. I won't mention any names until we find out. But that is an interesting story where some of the clubs are saying, yeah, we don't want you around here if you're uh, lined up with that league. So I don't know, Mark. Wow. Well, you know what, Bob? At the end of the day, right, we all have decisions, and decisions have consequences, and you make your choices. And uh, to steal a line from Jay Monahan from a few weeks ago, you've never had to apologize for ever being a part of the PGA Tour, right? So, uh, again, some people are going to make uh, decisions uh, for themselves, for the money. That's fine. I personally wouldn't do it. I know you guys, how you personally feel against it as well. 
I'm not going to kill them for that the rest of their lives. But at the end of the day, it's like you got to live with that choice now. And maybe that means, uh, uh, live. you know. All right, boys, on the other side, we'll put a bow on it. We'll get you caught up uh, all the winners in the world of golf, including a little history on the DP World Tour. This is Golf Talk Canada. This segment of GTC, presented by Picton Mahoney Asset Management, was brought to you by Cadillac. Cadillac. Experience the iconic Cadillac sedans and SUVs in a personalized live video tour with all your questions answered in real time. Book your tour at Cadillac.live. This is Golf Talk Canada, presented by Picton Mahoney Asset Management. This segment of GTC is brought to you by Adidas Golf and the all-new Tour 360 22. Tour 360 22 sits on the feet you wear last, serving as the foundation for the all-new Tour 360 fit, while the new direct-injected Spike More traction system will help golfers stay locked in. Welcome back to Golf Talk Canada. Let's get you caught up on all the leaderboards from the weekend that was in the world of golf. Brought to you by Bushnell Golf, BushnellGolf.com, your number one range finder in the game of golf. On the DP World Tour, it was the Horizon Irish Open. Adrian Moronk, the first ever Polish-born player to win on the DP World Tour, 67, 67, 68, 68. It's a three-shot win over Ryan Fox on the DP World Tour, Corn Ferry Tour, Sejong Do wins, 17 under par, a one-shot win over Carl Yun, that's on the Corn Ferry Tour, Prince Edward Island, we spoke earlier in the show to Brian Carlson, he gets it done, it's a winner there, he vaults the number one, the race to the Fortinet Cup, and JT Poston with the win at the John Deere Classic, it's a three-shot win over Christian Pazadenhut, Emiliano Grillo, as the PGA Tour now heads overseas to the Scottish Open, and guys, we will change, uh, change our attention uh, to the Scottish Open now with our TSN Edge picks and preview that as it's a great lead. And I love this time of year. I love how we go Irish Open, Scottish Open, Open Championship. Schedule makes sense, doesn't it, Adam? It really does, and it's a great time of year. I'm really excited to see uh, these great golf courses in Europe and the history next week of the 150th uh, Open Championship. I will say the Pro-Am going on right now that Tiger Woods is playing in he shot five over on his front nine. Hey, 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 those are not good signs. And Bob, of course, everything Tiger does between now and his tee time at the 150th Open will be analyzed and critiqued uh, for hours and hours before the ball finally goes into the ground at the old. Court. Yes, I'm doing a, I'm doing a big hit later on today about the order in which he puts his socks on. Was it be left shoe, <laughs> left foot first, or right foot first? That will have a bearing on the outcome of his uh, performance next week at uh, St. Andrews. All right, boys, you guys have a great week. I'll see you uh, this week for TV as well as we get geared up for a huge Scottish Open and an even bigger 150th celebration of the Open Championship from the old course of St. Andrews next week for the year's final major. Thank you so much for listening. Remember, first good decision on the golf course, it always starts in the closet. This segment of GTC, presented by Picton Mahoney Asset Management, was brought to you by Adidas Golf and the all-new Tour 360 22. Tour 360 22 sits on the feet you wear last, 
serving as the foundation for the all-new Tour 360 Fit, while the new direct-injected Spike More traction system will help golfers stay locked in. Thank you for listening to GTC. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Golf Talk Canada. For show archives, podcasts, and all things GTC, visit GolfTalkCanada.com. And don't miss Golf Talk Canada Television weekly on the TSN Television Network.